right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. It's the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson. Okay, Dr. Lex, I was just telling you that this month is the new beginnings month on Velvet's Edge, which is obvious because it's January. I feel like everyone is kind of getting into this place of like, all right, what's my resolution? What do I want to do different? The last two years have been super shitty and hard, and I think we're all exhausted. And so a lot of people are starting to identify this collective trauma and the feelings of like, man, we're still in this, and it's hard to navigate, and maybe I don't have the tools that I need. And so I've had a lot of messages come in um, just the past like couple months about where do I start, you know? And so I wanted to bring that to Velvet's Edge in this way of like, there's a lot of different options to healing, I believe. And I've done a lot of them and I love exploring new options. And so I wanted to bring some of the options that have really worked for me to the people listening. And therapy is where I started. That was like the number one thing over a decade ago that I just was like, I need help where do I go? And you and I were talking and I said, talk therapy is talked about a lot more. And so I do think it's becoming a lot more familiar to people in common. And I feel like it is still quite a bit overwhelming on where to start. So I wanted to navigate some of that with you, but let's start with telling the listeners what your story is. How did you get into therapy? What kind of therapist are you? So always one of like my most fun questions. And I will just say you were cutting edge if you started therapy 10 years ago, right? That's before the conversation even started. Just hit the fan fast. Right. We we were considered very taboo and the people just that just hospitalize people. That's not all we do. That is a last resort. Not something we'd rather do. But um, so I'm Dr. Lex. She, her doctor pronouns. I am a clinical sexologist. Okay. So that means that I have a lot of letters behind my name <laughs> that basically say I'm very comfortable talking about sex and sexuality, and I have a lot of education around sex and sexuality. And I'm also a licensed marriage and family therapist, which is a little bit different. You hear about social yeah. workers, you hear about counselors. So I am a marriage and family therapist, and that means I come to a model of systemic thought. So I think about people in systems, not individually, 
not by themselves, but systemically. Everybody exists with other people and other systems. So it's really important that you don't kind of exist all by yourself. And that's the work I get to do. I mostly see lovers. I do see some families. So it's really important that you have these relationship dynamics. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of been a journey that I've been on personally the last couple months is just how everything that we do in our lives um, affects our relationships. And like, I know for me, I learn the most in relationships, but it also is where I bump up against myself the most. And so that can be somewhat painful to navigate sometimes, um, but also super helpful. So definitely couples therapy has been something that's super interesting to me. Why did you initially get into therapy? So it's really interesting. I am the coolest nerd you will ever meet. Okay. I have, have a cool nerd. <laughs> I have a background in physics pre-med. So I graduated from college with a physics degree. Okay. Um, I took no, I took one psychology course. And then I decided that I didn't want to go to med school anymore. I, I didn't want to try and shape people. I wanted to go into plastics and reconstructive surgery. Uh, basically to do affirmation surgeries for trans folks was my okay. ideal. Okay. But I would have had to go through being a plastic surgeon for that. And plastic surgery also means that I have to shape people mm. into different forms of themselves externally. And those systems usually tell people who look like me, I'm a fat black woman from the South, that we're ugly. And I couldn't, mm. I couldn't do that. I, I'm the person who's like, what's wrong with your nose? Can you breathe? Like, I think your nose is beautiful. Yeah. Why, are, why are we changing it? And so I wanted to start healing people from inside out rather than outside in. And I was like, what does that? Therapy does that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I looked it up. Uh, it, was probably, it was probably Google back then. In my senior year of college, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to cut into people. Yeah. I want to help people heal. And to do that, I was like, I also want to help people talk about sex mm. in ways that brings pleasure and joy and relationships that are healthy. Mm. And sex therapist, does this exist? It does exist. And so I went and found a program and I had to take some extra psychology courses and I then became a sex therapist. I love your story being a transition from the outside, changing the outside of people to changing the inside. That is very similar to my story. I always say on Velvet's Edge, I think we, we all have a little bit of velvet and a little bit of edge. And I started my journey into talking publicly about anything with talking about fashion. You know, I'm a stylist and I do hair and makeup. And so a lot of it was the same. I loved helping people feel good about themselves. And I started doing that by working on their outsides. And what has, it has now transitioned into for me is really identifying with the connection piece of helping people on their insides and finding that inner beauty and that inner glow and not focusing so much on the outside, which is a pretty... It's a pretty brash change, you know, but yeah. um, I think it all comes from the same place, ultimately, of wanting to help people. So I truly identify with that exact thing. That's beautiful. Um, thank you. I So I want to tell people a little bit about why therapy works. And I think it's like we all can sit here and go you know, I know therapy is like, I go sit in an office and obviously I'm struggling with some things in my life. So I'll just go talk about this to this person and they'll tell me what to do. But for me, it's been a deeper experience and there's been true change that I have found 
via therapy and, and mm-hmm. you specifically dealing with the sex department. I think there's so much that we're, it's not even in our awareness a lot of times mm-hmm. until we can sit with someone else and kind of uncover some of the things behind it. So if you had to say, why do you think therapy works? Oh my goodness. So part of exactly what you said, right? My job isn't actually prescriptive. Mm-hmm. I don't have, sit across a person or, or a lovership and tell them what to do. It's not my job to do that. I, I'm not the expert on your life. You are. Yeah. My job is to, one, give you some permission to feel your feels, to let you know that it's absolutely okay, that this space is safe for whatever. Mm. Whatever, however, if you don't have the right words, if it's not politically correct, if you just don't know, if you're wondering, if it's a far fantastical idea, it is okay in this space. And then two, to walk with you so you're not alone. Mm. So much so we feel like we're so alone in our heads and we ponder, am I the only one that feels this way or I'm strange and... It can get so isolating because I can't tell this to anybody else. I won't tell this to anybody else. And my job is to say, you're not alone. These feelings are valid and they're normal for you. Let's process through them. Where do you want to go? And I get the privilege of walking next to people on their healing journey. Mm. I don't pull them along because it doesn't work. It doesn't work. If you don't want to be there, therapy doesn't work. If you don't want to do the work, I can't work harder for you for your wellness. Mm. You have to want it. But I have the privilege and sometimes the really hard job of aligning myself with that emotionality, of being able to amplify it so that you're not alone in feeling your feels. Mm. I needed to hear the part about you have to want it. One of my biggest hangups in relationships is wanting something for someone else more than they want it for themselves. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the dragging along piece, I end up just exhausted because I'm like, come on, come on, come on. It could be so good. Like, Mm -hmm. let's just work through this. And if they don't want it, like you said, it just doesn't take, it doesn't work. And And that's the hardest lesson to learn, man. It is so hard. It's so painful, I think, mm-hmm. like, especially I think when you have had a really good experience in therapy and it has been life changing, I just want it for everyone else too. Yeah. you know, I'm like, come on, you guys, like, this is, this is awesome. This is like such an easy fix. Let's just go talk about this. And you're not alone, like you said, and that's such a, the human condition. I don't think, ultimately, I think all of us are just chasing that connection piece mm-hmm. all the time. And that's natural to want, but Um, but we don't get it. And so it, for me, has been a huge part of healing is to find those places where I am safe and I can say whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it it doesn't happen. And especially in like our cancel culture right now, it's scary to even talk. So, you know, like it's great to have a place to go where you can say whatever it is or wherever you are that day and not get canceled. (laughs) Well, that and like people hold you accountable, right? Right. So and accountable doesn't necessarily mean cancel. It doesn't mean they're going to punish you. They're going to be like, hey, yo, Kelly, that was really messed up. Right. Actually, let me give you some other perspective and viewpoints and being willing to expound for you or the. I can't believe this has been happening to you and you've been dealing with it by yourself. Mm -hmm. I am so sorry that you felt so alone Mm -hmm. in this. How can I be of support of you? I don't need to fix it. You're smart. You probably know how to fix it. 
right? Or maybe I might need to help you brainstorm how to fix it. But how would it be helpful for me to show up for you? Because we know the human condition, you have to connect with others in order to thrive. Yes. Period. Babies who exist without touch die. Yeah. We know we have to exist with others in order to thrive. But because of our hurts, betrayals, insecurities, early learnings of mistrust of others, we tend to start to isolate out of safety because this hurts so much. I don't think I can go through it again. Mm. So I'm just going to be by myself and, and bear down and get through it. Or I'm going to completely ignore it and avoid it. That thing didn't happen. It doesn't exist. Whatever. But it impacts my behaviors and my connections with others. Yeah. So would you say one of the most healing things about therapy is just being heard and feeling seen and the empathy even that you can get from a therapist? Absolutely. So the number one predictor of if therapy is actually going to be beneficial for you is rapport with the therapist. Okay. You have to get along and actually like the person you're doing therapy with. Yeah. If you don't, you're more than likely not going to heal, go to the journey, meet your goals. Because mm-hmm. you don't trust them. You don't mm-hmm. like them. Mm-hmm. Or you feel animosity from them towards you. So it has to be a place where you can lay down your cape, get rid of your superpowers, just be human, just be a mess, go to a puddle on the floor, and know that somebody's going to be there to help you put back the pieces. Yeah. I think what you just described therapy as like, lay down your cape, go in. That is how I do therapy now. When I first started, like what you said about, wow, you were like groundbreaking and all this stuff. And it wasn't because I'm anything special. It was because I was literally so broken that I couldn't Mm -hmm. wear a cape anymore. And that's always been my experience in life. Like, um, anytime I've gone to get help or anytime I've really actually made changes in my life, it's just because I'm in so much pain. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know how to get out of it myself or I get so defeated and life falls apart enough to where I'm like, help, finally, you know? Um, But I don't think it has to look like that. Like, do you think that, or what are some of the consistent hangups you see people having even with going to therapy in general in the first place? Right. So one, being a Southerner, as you are uh-huh. as well, uh-huh. um, and I'm also a black person, right? Yes. So there's already this idea that you don't tell family business. Oh, okay. You cannot let other people know yeah. what's going on because they'll condemn you. Yeah. And they'll really think poorly of you or think poorly of your family. Yeah. So you can't let other people know. So that's one thing. The other thing is they just want to commit you. We don't like sending people to the hospital, okay? <laughs> we don't want to do it. It's a bunch of paperwork. Our systems aren't necessarily the greatest. And sometimes it literally is our only option. If we need to prevent you from harming yourself or harming someone else, mm-hmm. right? That's the other key. People are like, oh, I'm going to tell you I'm suicidal and you're instantly going to put me in an institution. Not true. Absolutely not true. But if you tell me you have a gun at home and you've been already made out a plan to go out and kill your baby mama... then I need to do some type of intervention to make sure you don't hurt somebody, right? (sighs) So we're not here just to put you in hospitals and to lock you away. And that's another big taboo is like, I can't tell them this because it's going to put into this plan and it's going to follow me for the rest of my life. You remember like the permanent record from school? Yes. I'm going to put this in your permanent record. Somebody, please show me my permanent record. Like, I don't, who has their permanent record? (laughs) 
No one. But yeah. we're so scared it's going to tarnish us and follow us around. And so sometimes diagnoses can, right? Insurance companies can get a hold of them. Yes, it can be considered a pre-existing condition. Sure. But for the most part, not really. So people are often afraid of being labeled as crazy or dysfunctional or that right. they're not okay. And finding that out face to face can be almost unbearable. Yeah. I mean, there's two points I want to hit on there. I think the thing you said where people might find out you're crazy, like because you go to therapy, it's like the thing that has been coming into my awareness the most lately is like how scary it is, how many fucking crazy people are running around this world without getting help. Like if people are in therapy, I actually feel better about them because they're actually like addressing some of the crazy. Like we all have crazy, but if you're not addressing it and you're just out there living your life, you're scary to me at this point because the the lack of awareness is what is really scary. And then finding new tools to be able to do something different like that. Oh, I don't want people like that in my life anymore. I think that's even um, even a stigma attached to like the crazy, right? So crazy mm-hmm. is even an ableist term at this point because people only looked at you if you weren't normal, you were othered. Uh, and that other was quote unquote crazy. Yeah. Instead, it's you're having a trauma response. Right. This is ADHD in action. Right. Oh, no, this is Asperger's. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So people have been labeled as just being different and labeled as crazy. And it's like you've been living with Down syndrome all your life and nobody really pointed it out to you. Or right. you are surviving a sexual assault. And trying to put your life together as much as you can and survive in a world that always feels threatening. Mm. So, yeah, people go around. And I will say, like I said, I have the honor to, to sit with people through their stories. And some days it's an absolute joy. It is an absolute pleasure to hear progress, to hear realizations, to hear people let go of expectations. And some days it's really fucking hard mm-hmm. because people do horrible things to other people. Yeah. And sometimes I am the first person that hears the stories of the most horrible thing that people have experienced. And that is my privilege to hold those. To say, you know what, you said it this one time and I'm so proud of you. And we'll talk about it more at your own pace. But we're starting to put it in your narrative. It's no longer something that happened to some other person, your imaginary friend. Now we're starting to own our story and take our power back from people who have hurt us. Yeah. And so that's part of it. But absolutely walking around, people are walking around traumatized and be like, well, let's get married. This right. is your trauma. This Hold on. Um, yeah. Let's have another baby. Missing. <laughs> right. Or we're going to go buy this thing or I'm going to jump from this job to this job to this job. And I'm like, oh, this is your ADHD functioning. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's talk about what this means for you. But they have no clue. It's just their coping mechanisms that they've been using to survive their mental health. Right. Or a lot of times what I see, or maybe it's I'm noticing it a lot right now, is jump from relationship to relationship to relationship. And it's like without anything in between, you just keep repeating the same patterns like, I mean, I've finally exhausted myself of a lot of my patterns, Um, but it doesn't just change overnight, you know, and you can't just start making new decisions because you say, hey, I'm not going to do that anymore. Like that is not how trauma works. It's not how programming works. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of programming, I want to go back really quickly because you mentioned something being from the South, how hard the, the wiring goes to I need to protect the family. And I think that is something that we have to keep talking about because it's like 
this subtle um, programming. I can't think of a better word than that right mm-hmm. now. That is still really active in our culture. And I mean, I still live in the South. And so I, I experience it all the time of just like, let's make sure the outsides look really pretty. Mm-hmm. But like at home, something totally different is happening. And it just makes me so sad that we're still so hardwired to paint a pretty picture. What do you think is contributing the most to that? Well, so the South of its, its, its whole own thing, right? Mm-hmm. So with the antebellum South, the racism, the Confederacy, um, the fatness, the food, like mm-hmm. the, the, the drawl, right? There is this idea of Southerners. Um, I will even say, so I have, unless I'm really angry, you don't hear my Southern accent because when I moved up North, (laughs) people thought I was dumb. They literally thought I was stupid because I sounded more Southern. And I'm like, well, this is strange. Everybody I know sounds like me where I'm from. Right. Right. But you know, we're all smart. So there, there is this like level of protection because Southerners do come under attack and and sometimes rightfully so admittedly there are some some old things we need to let go of definitely but there there is this need to feel like I need to protect and I need to make sure that nobody else from the outside is violating us so it's kind of that thing where you can pick on your sibling but other people can't pick on your sibling mm-hmm. right and that's I think one of those kind of southern camaraderie things I think for anybody who is marginalized it's a thing where we can talk about us, you can't talk about us, right? And so this whole idea of, well, Southerners, you know, y'all don't really have it together. You all are so behind. You're still like stuck in antebellum times and all those things. It becomes this, wait, that's not just who we are. That's your perspective of who we are. There are so much more rich cultural pieces that you're missing but I can't show you those because you might also weaponize them against me. Mm. And so we see that with blackness. We see that with various types of faith. We see that with various body sizes. We see that with different ways that we raise families. We see it with queerness. So it's, you're not a part of our community. So we can't expose our secrets to you because now you're going to take that and use it against us. Yeah. Man, that was a lot to, that thought right there is just, has my head pinging in a lot of different directions. If you know anything about me, you know I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code VELVETSEDGE at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. 
That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at KNIX.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Just because I think that can go for anything, right? Like, I know in my last relationship, one of the things that we were really bad at was taking information given to us and then it triggering some sort of trauma response in the other person and then using it against the other person to make ourselves feel safe. And it's just such a deeply rooted pattern that I think kind of uh, go across many different layers of our lives. And I didn't think about it culturally like that, but that's a really interesting thought. Um, yeah, gave me a lot to think about. Anyway, (laughs) when do you think if, you know, for the people listening, when would you suggest to people that therapy is a good option? I always think therapy is a good option. I'm like, can everybody just be in therapy? (laughs) Right. If you'd be surprised. So like insurance doesn't pay for couples therapy at all. Why? Um, it doesn't deem it as necessary. That's interesting. They'll say there's one person that typically needs therapy, even for family therapy. One and person in the relationship? Yep. One person mm-hmm. in the relationship has to be the sick one. Mm-hmm. Um, and same for the family. One person has to be the sick one. And everybody else is coming together to help the sick one. Right? And that's oh a gosh. lot of stigma to carry. Yeah. It sucks. Nobody wants to be the sick one. Yeah. Right? But um, that to be said, I think that it is great. So I personally do like premarital therapy. So if you're just dating, I have a whole assessment that I've been trained in that gives you really cute graphs and things and talks about money and sex and family building and friendships and all of these different pieces and faith and how you fit together and what your scale is. And so we can talk about all of those different things. Um, For children who are feeling angsty Mm -hmm. and nervous, maybe you're just nervous about going to middle school. That's a great reason to start to talk to people about your stories. And the great thing is about therapy is the things that we practice in therapy, how to say things, um, communicating, putting up boundaries, all those things are things that people take and then they practice outside of me. Not only with me an hour a week, maybe an hour every other week, but you're practicing it in real time and be like, dang, Dr. Lex, I failed that time. It ain't work. (laughs) I fell right back in my same old patterns. Yeah. But that one time you get it right, you're like, this is what this feels like? I actually got off the phone with my abusive mother within the first five minutes of her starting to curse at me. Yeah. And we're okay. Yes. And I didn't lose two days of my life crying because my mother is abusive. Right. Look at that. 
And you had awareness of when you didn't do it very well. Like even that to me is major progress. And for a lot of us, when you can go, oof, that was not my best. Like I didn't, I didn't learn a lot of those things until I started doing therapy of seeing where I was coming in with my own wounds and trauma and reacting. Mm -hmm. And even if it was pissing people off, I couldn't see what I was bringing to the table. And I mean, I think we were constantly learning that throughout our whole lives, but But that's one of the benefits of therapy, right? Is even knowing when you're doing something that's like, oh, yeah, there I go again doing that thing. Like, that's Mm -hmm. not who I want to be. Well, and it's also at the detriment of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite phrases in therapy is self-sacrifice does not equal goodness. Mm. Right. And that's what we're taught. We're taught that if you sacrifice your happiness, if you sacrifice your time, then you'll be a better worker or a better lover or a better parent, or a better daughter, when in actuality, you're a bit miserable, and now Mm -hmm. you're building resentment towards whatever, towards that job, towards that lover, towards those kids, towards those parents, towards those friends, you're building resentment. And instead, you're starting to minimize yourself. And so Mm -hmm. I think therapy also holds up a mirror to say like, hey, you keep doing this thing, but I don't hear joy in it. I don't yeah. hear pleasure in it. I hear obligation. I hear bitterness. Mm. I hear resentfulness. Why are we doing this? What's the point? Because I don't understand why we're choosing to do this. And if you're okay with it, you're okay with it. That's the fun thing about therapy. You get to name your issues. Yeah. I was just thinking when you were saying that fear, that was the first answer that why are we doing this fear? Like that's Mm -hmm. one of the biggest reasons I do most of the things I do. I also was thinking when you were talking, um, it's really interesting. And I don't know, maybe this is like hashtag goals for school systems. But when you were talking about, you know, a kid maybe nervous about going to middle school and just like I could hear I could hear a voice and I don't really know whose voice this is of just being like, oh, God, okay, so now we're going to therapy for everything, you know, and like kind of this uh, sarcastic, like people are overusing therapy. And it's like, are we, though, because Mm -hmm. Ultimately, we go to school for X amount of years to get some sort of intelligence and learning on these certain topics. But why are we not learning emotional intelligence? Like, I feel like we're walking Mm -hmm. around as a society so emotionally immature and unaware and lacking the intelligence of knowing how to exist in a relationship or... Um, to navigate hard things in our lives. Like just because you go to therapy doesn't mean life is going to be easy, but it does Mm -hmm. give you tools to know how to navigate it in a healthier, more satisfying way. You know, Mm -hmm. why aren't we teaching that in school? Why is there not um, an emotional intelligence like class for an hour a day? Like everything else. Some some schools have it. Um, They they do like meditation hours or things like that. Right. And the idea of like this, every little thing and the idea with therapy is to help ground foundations. Okay. So one people know that there are safe places that exist. Yeah. Right. So like this angsty middle schooler. So, okay. They feel nervous going to middle school. Fine. Most kids do, but now they're having trouble focusing. Right. Because they're worried about not having a peer group. Or now they're finding that they're bullying and they're being more mean to get attention or they're being more um, comedic in, in class to be the class clown so they can be accepted. And now their grades are suffering. But this all became from that little bit of angst mm. of going to middle school. Right. So if we would have addressed that in the beginning, 
or this learning difference or this emotional processing difference or this potential ADD, ADHD, trauma response, whatever it was. If we address those, then ideally we can have somebody tune in and be like, oh, this is what I'm feeling right now. I feel my anxiety in my body because we also walk around very detached from our bodies because we lived in a very sterile, mm-hmm. colonized society who taught us that bodies were bad, right? Bodies are just this thing that house your consciousness. You're not supposed to feel pleasure from them. They're supposed to look good to other people. Right. Maybe not necessarily you, but to other right. people, you're supposed to be wanted by for a certain body type. And then... You're just supposed to like exist. We don't teach about a clitoris. We don't teach about masturbation. Mm -hmm. We don't teach about um, actual pleasure with another partner. Mm -hmm. We're just in these lumps of flesh that you're supposed to keep rather thin, right? So you can quote unquote be healthy, which we know thinness doesn't equal healthy. Right. And you're supposed to walk around not feeling your feelings because those are dangerous and too much for people. Ugh, too much. Trigger. Mm-hmm. I'm triggered. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, mean, I, I wish that I was kidding fully, but that is, that is, I'm a feeler. And so the too much piece has been something I've faced my whole entire life because feelings are very overwhelming to people, especially mm-hmm. when they haven't had this experience that we're talking about or that, or because it isn't taught how to deal. And mm-hmm. I probably didn't know how to navigate a lot of my feelings either. So it can go both ways. But these are the benefits of things like what we're talking about, therapy. Yeah. And, and starting young, I think that's like such a thing to applaud these days when people just find these tools and just know like, yeah, there's a place I can go, like you said. Well, it's, I'm going to blame capitalism. I'm not going to okay. lie. <laughs> a big trash system, right? Because it yeah. said work and produce. Yes. And that's what our parents and our grandparents were taught work and produce. It doesn't matter that you're tired. It doesn't matter that you're sad. It doesn't matter that your mom died. Mm. If you don't go to work and produce, you're not going to have food to eat Mm -hmm. tomorrow. You're Mm -hmm. not going to be able to feed your family. And so they didn't know, and they don't know how to do these things. They're like, oh, you're not hurt. Get up, dust off. Like, no, that actually did hurt. Like, that's pain. We should acknowledge pain. Right. And validate pain and then try and soothe it. But they didn't have time to do that. Mm-hmm. They didn't have resources to do that. And so what they've known is, no, you suck up your feelings and you keep doing what you're supposed to do. Nothing interrupts that productivity. And so now we've had generations that are like, actually, that productivity is really toxic. Right. Um, <laughs> you've been pretty devoid of feelings until you met your grandkids, maybe. Mm-hmm. And now you get to know like, oh, hugs are nice. Or you can talk about consent and bodies and that actually it wasn't okay what happened to you when you were a teenager, mm. right? So I think that kind of awakening that we're starting to see, especially with Gen Z, Gen Z is doing it. Oh, yeah. They're amazing with these identities and their feelings and having their feelings validated. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, no, they're just big crybabies. That's what people call us millennials. By the way, millennials are like 35 to 45 now, people, okay? We're not still 18. Right. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, real, we're real adults, okay? Uh, but... That's what they felt about us, but it was really starting that emotional awakening of I have more than just angry, sad, happy, and okay mm. feelings. And people didn't know what to do with that. Yeah. What do you mean you're nervous? What are you nervous about? Do I need to check right. you in a clinic? Like, what are you nervous about? Right. How come you can't tell me? Why are you depressed? Do you have food? Do you have clothes? You don't need much else. Why are you depressed? And so not understanding that these are things that are actually... One, sometimes we don't choose, right? Sometimes brains just don't make the same chemicals that they need to. 
But then two, we're also recovering from harm. Mm. And we need some help sometimes in that recovery. Yeah, I love that word emotional awakening, because I've been feeling something, but I have Mm. not been able to label it. And I keep saying maybe our culture is having a spiritual awakening, but it's a similar or very in line. You know, both of those things are very in line with each other. And a lot of what I just heard reminded me of just the masculine energy we've been trying to lead with forever. And it's like, where's this feminine energy that we all have within us too? And and feeling the flow of those feelings and letting them pass. And that to me is so healing. And I'm so glad that awareness is coming to our culture that you can't just power through all the time. You can, Mm -hmm. but it is toxic, like you said, and it doesn't allow um, us to be the full humans and the loving humans and the kind humans and the empathetic humans that I do Mm -hmm. believe we can be. Absolutely. And I will say, uh, who said it? Audre Lord said it. The first victims of patriarchy are boys. I, I have been on this tear about this lately. It's upsetting me big mm-hmm. time. Right. They're, they're made to castrate feelings. their feelings. Yeah. Yes. We're a boy. Boys don't cry. Since when? Right. Like, I'm a human. I right. have feelings. And they're told to suck it up and be a man. But a man is more than a bank account and what he can provide. Mm-hmm. A man has feelings. He has needs. And they're more than just tied to his penis. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not just, oh, if you have sex with him, he'll be all right. No, it's that men have been taught that if you have sex with them, that you love them. And that's the only way they know how to deal now. Right, which is trash. Right. Trash behavior. Right. right. If you go to work, if they get your paycheck, and then if you like have sex with them, a man is fully whole. Like, what about when this man experiences grief and loss? Right. Or fear, right? Who does he get to talk to about that? Who does he get to not be a superhero around and go into a puddle on the floor and not lose respect? Mm-hmm. And not lose whatever authority that you've decided to give him or that he has, right? When do we get to give men that space? Yeah. That you can be, and you can be just as masculine and just as attractive and all of those things and still feel your feels. It's not a feminine quality. It's a human quality. Mm. I love that. I mean, I literally posted something today about fuck boys and like how I'm getting really frustrated in life because I still see a lot of these behaviors happening and it's the disrespect in relationships and the selfishness and, or this Mm -hmm. is how I view it. Let me just say from my perspective, this is how it seems. Um, And then these behaviors being told to me as, well, that's just what guys do. Like I, Mm. else fucking says that to me. I mean, it is going to (laughs) be nasty, (laughs) but what I'm start, I've been so mad at men for so long. And what I realized in the last couple of months is I'm not mad at men. I'm mad at this system and this programming. And like you said, the patriarchy, because we have conditioned men to believe this and us Mm -hmm. saying this is just the way guys do it is still doing that. And I don't Mm -hmm. want that anymore. Like, so if they go through something hard, they're just reacting with medicating and like, we gotta get, we gotta do better, especially like if we want better from men as women, like we got to start as moms teaching young boys how to, to process feelings. Like that's on us too, I believe. And just the system yeah. in general being dissolved, it's, it needs to go. Well, that and giving permission, right? Yeah. I'm going to give permission for my lover to feel inadequate. Mm. And that's okay. Yeah. 
I don't see you as inadequate. Yeah, this was a failure. Yeah, this fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. What do you need? Right? If you need extra head, fine. Mm-hmm. Right? But how about we sit and you can just tell me everything and I'm not going to try and solve it for you. Mm. I'm not going to think of you any less than I'm going to express gratitude that you even wanted to share this with me. Yeah. I'm going to be like, I really appreciate you opening up. I think I fell in love with my lover a little bit more. We've been together almost 10 years now. And I knew that he really cared for me because he called me during the work day and he rarely, he's not a phone talker. So I'm like, he called me, what's up? Something's up. And so my spidey senses tingled and he let out this deep sigh. And I'm like, hey, what's up? It's like two in the afternoon. So I know he's still at work. And he sighs and he starts to tell me about this problem that he was having at work, a frustration. And I'm like, this is so intimate because he can definitely take care of this himself. Mm. But he wanted to talk to me about it. What a privilege. What a gift Mm -hmm. that he wants to be like, I am just frustrated and I wanted to share it with somebody. And you were the person I chose. Versus, oh, you're acting like a bitch. Go handle that. Like, no. Right. Right. Right? Thanks for telling me, babe. Like, I can sit here and listen some more. Right? We can talk about ways to solve it. What would you like? And I asked for consent there to see what would be helpful for that person. Or I'll see you later. Maybe I'll make a dinner for us tonight. You know, we were dating at that time. So, like, whatever. But giving men permission to say, you can be more than angry. You can be more than just okay. I want to see you bust out belly laugh, have all of the joy, and not be considered gay. What does that look like for you? What tickles your fancy? Like, I want to know those things about you. And if you don't know those things about you, let's go find out together. Mm. Beautiful. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.
Okay, so I have had some really bad therapy experiences. I uh, very first, I think it was this was my very first therapist. I was in a relationship with an addict, and I brought some fears to her, and she just dismissed me really quickly. And um, you know, for many years, I really have struggled with trusting myself, and so to have a feeling invalidated by a professional was one of the most traumatizing things for my journey at that time. Um, luckily, since I have had life-changing therapists, and so I've had both ends of the spectrum, and I um, really, really appreciate therapy for that reason. However, it makes me really sad that this can happen to people. And like, you know, luckily for me, like I said, well, my life blew up. And so I decided to seek out other help um, in knowing that this therapist was actually wrong. It got validated to me that I was right and what I was feeling was accurate. Um, and so I kept going. But is there a way if you are just a person that's like, hey, I need help to navigate through this and find a really qualified, good therapist that you would recommend. Like, I just get really fearful that there's a lot of really bad therapists out there. And that's really scary to me because it's mental health is such a valuable and tricky thing to navigate. So do you have suggestions for people with that? Absolutely. So one, right, mental health folks are also humans. Uh, They call us the wounded healers because we have wounds ourselves and we Mm -hmm. heal other people. Um, but just like any profession, there's bad plumbers out there, there's bad electricians, yeah. there's bad doctors. So we, we range on a spectrum and who's bad for you might not be bad for someone else. Um, so having an open disposition, right? So when you do find a therapist, if you find like, I don't agree with that, or I was really offended by that, you say that. Okay. You tell your therapist that. They're not going to write you up. Like they can't suspend you. There, there's yeah. no punishment. Right. It's like, "Mm, I didn't appreciate that. This didn't jive well with me. Right. And then you take their behavior and their behavior change as do you want to continue to see them or not? Okay. But in finding a therapist, talk to your friends. Your friends either have friends or friends of friends that have been to therapy that are like, ooh, they like this person or they heard somebody on a podcast, maybe. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, I really like that person. The thing is you have to work within your state. Mm -hmm. So typically therapists are licensed by state. Now, I love y'all. I love your audience. I am (laughs) licensed in Pennsylvania and Missouri. If you do not live in Pennsylvania or Missouri and do not want like premarital stuff, I can't see you. Mm -hmm. It is illegal. It is Mm -hmm. out by licensing because we are beholden to our boards. So we have to make sure that we're meeting board standard. You do want somebody typically who is on their way to licensure or licensed already because it means that they have to adhere to a code of ethics or they can fine us a quarter of a million dollars and or throw us in jail. Mm. If that person is not licensed, say, um, for example, maybe they're just a life coach, right? They have no bounds and rules necessarily. There, There's no governing body for them. So there can be amazing life coaches. There can be amazing people who get certifications I guess and who get like education but just know that they are not therapists they're not the same we are not the same and then you want to look for the type of therapist are you looking for somebody to help you with resources that might be a social worker 
and so not a clinical social worker, just a regular social worker. A clinical social worker can help you through the emotionality parts, walk with you on that journey. There's also counselors. Counselors do the same thing. And then there's licensed and marriage and family therapists. And so we are more so trained in systems. So I can still see individuals, but just know that when I treat an individual, sometimes if we're talking about a person, it's going to be like that other person's in the room because we're going to consider all aspects of that dynamic, yeah. not just one frame, right. even though we are on your side. Uh, but also we oftentimes I invite people into my therapy session. So I'm like, would your mom like to come to a therapy session? Would your partner like to come to a therapy session? Would your sibling? Let's talk about it. It's fine. So we're specifically trained in having like more than one person. So you want to find out who's going to be your fit. Um, people of color tend to want other people of color. It just jives a little bit easier and there's a level of facade that's not there unless they're specifically working on issues with whiteness mm-hmm. or trauma with whiteness. Mm-hmm. So being aware of what you want in a person. Do you want somebody who's bright and bubbly? Do you want somebody who does media? Do you want somebody who doesn't? Do you want the therapist therapist? Because that's the person too. Um, And last but not least, you want to know if your therapist is having the supervision. So we can't do this work alone. It's oftentimes really hard just to carry a lot by ourselves. So we have supervisors, which are people who help us. So I'm having a hard time with a case. There's a person I can talk to and still keep it anonymous, but who will help me with guidance. Whether those are colleagues or people who've been in the field longer than me, we typically pay for this service so that we actually get more education and knowledge and we're not just kind of stuck doing the same old, same old techniques. Mm -hmm. Something else I want to mention, um, I was talking to someone the other day, but I see a CSAT and that's because of different life experiences. But some people are like, like you said, you have a million letters behind your name. And like when you Google therapy, it's like, what are all these letters? And so I always tell people and correct me if this is not a good way to say it, but it's like, what is the exact issue that you really want to start dealing with? There usually is a therapist who specializes in that. And so, you know, that's where you can start. And so that was why this specific therapist really has worked for me and and where I started in therapy. And she's been life changing, like I said, because I think you could sit in therapy for years and just talk and talk and talk and be like, oh, yeah, well, I go to therapy. So this is this is I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And like you can also just sit in therapy and just pay a bunch of money and not actually make any changes in your life. So yeah. it depends. And again, maybe that's a willingness piece. But do you see that a lot where people are sitting in therapy and then the label of, like, well, I got a therapy or they use that verbiage and it's supposed to like kind of excuse them from any sort of um, things that happen in their life? Uh, not in my circles, okay. uh, but yes. Good. And I will say uh, part of my introductory spiel is if you don't feel like in a year you've made any significant changes, mm-hmm. I'm not the therapist for you. Right? My job is to help you move. Yeah. If you're not moving, then one of us isn't doing our jobs. Yeah. We're not a good fit. Okay. Um, and I recently, I really thought my clients stayed with me for about eight to 10 months. And I'm really learning. They actually, like most of them stay with me for around two years. And I was like, okay. oh, dang, it's okay. So two years, we like, you know, do work and go through whatever the goals are. Um, and they change and they become sometimes periodic. But if you were leaving your therapy sessions every time, happy-go-lucky, right? <laughs> Something's amiss, uh, yeah. right? <laughs> not conquering the hard things. Right. Something's a mess. Sometimes people leave my office crying. 
And yeah. I'm okay with that. It's not a polite conversation. You're not paying me to be your friend. You're paying me to hold you accountable to this thing that you wanted to do mm-hmm. and to help navigate and walk with you towards the goal that you say you wanted. Now, if that changes, that's something different. But if this is what you want and you're not working towards it, I'm not going to do the work for you. It's not my life. Yeah. What about uh, what just dawned on me when you were saying that? Because you said about eight to 10 months or two years. And I think another thing that I experience with people is they're like, well, I've been going to therapy and it's like nothing is changing. And it's like, well, how often are you going or how long have you been doing it? And it's like, well, once a month and I've been doing it for three months. So why? You know, and I'm like, okay, well, uh, I mean, in my experience, when I first started, like I said, I was really broken, but I was going once a week. And if, you know, I know financially, not everyone has that luxury, but I didn't really either at that point. And I just cut out other shit because I needed the therapy so bad. Um, but it also like, it took me a certain point and then my therapist was like, okay, cool. Now you're ready for an intensive. And I was like, Oh Jesus, you know, it's like there's other layers to uncover and you have to kind of go through this process and it's not anything that changes overnight. Like my therapist Mm -hmm. is is like, now I'm 39. So she would say, well, it took you 39 years to learn this behavior. You're not going to unlearn it in a month, you know? So it's like, what does the process look like? And do you have a recommendation to someone starting therapy as to like the frequency of like, going if they actually want real change in their life? Mm -hmm. So that is a great question. A lot of people question it. So once a week is typical for most folks. I see people mostly in my practice once every two weeks. Okay. Um, One, because I don't take insurance, so it can be really expensive. Right. But two, again, I see mostly lovers. Mm -hmm. So they need time either for things to come up and for them to practice new skills Or they need time because they need to talk amongst themselves and continue to process. And sometimes, you know, again, busy capitalism, a week just isn't enough. Yeah. And so I see people either once a week or once every two weeks. When you are feeling more balanced and grounded and able to use coping mechanisms in real time. So maybe this thing doesn't affect you for three days. Maybe it only affects you for one. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe you're feeling good and you're like, I feel like I've reached my goals. Then we can titrate down so that once a month. And so what Mm -hmm. I usually do is I titrate down to once a month for three months. And if you're still good at the end of those three months without having like major breaks or needing a session in between, then I think you're ready to not have therapy with me anymore. You can fly the coop. You have been able to do those. But I would say once a week or once bi-weekly at minimum. Like if you're not going at least two times a month, You're not doing enough to get the work done. Yeah. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. 
Millions of people have made the switch to Nick Sleek Proof Underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine washable, and great looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. And when I say I was going once a week, it, that's not forever. It's like that's what I had to do during, after a major trauma in my life. And it was very active. Like I needed that. There was enough that came up every week that I needed that guidance. And then now, I mean, after over a decade of therapy, it's more of like I call my therapist when I need a tune-up or if I'm going through something, again, that needs a little more attention and it's not such a consistent thing. But mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, so people should understand, like, it's, it doesn't have to be forever that you're going to therapy for a week. But if you need that, like, and like I said, if you have learned a behavior for a certain amount of time, it isn't going to change overnight. You have to put in the legwork and the time and know that it's a process and not just mm-hmm. like a snap your fingers thing and it's going to be different. It's also based on risk, right? What do you mean? People who might, um, let's say, minor attracted persons probably need to check in with a therapist every week, depending on their urges, depending on what they want to do, depending if they can put somebody in danger. Yes. That is not somebody who just goes months and months and months without checking in with people. Totally. Right? They go Mm -hmm. once a week. People who have um, severe manic or severe depression, right? So mania, being out of control, very grandiose overspending, mm. not sleeping, overindulging, um, overeating or undereating, things like that might go once a week. So severe yeah. mental health, people who are hearing voices or seeing things, they would need to go once a week and maybe for their life until maybe their meds are adjusted until they are very, very stable. Right. So those people do go once a week. Sometimes people who have disordered eating mm-hmm. go once a week because mm-hmm. it is every week that they need some checking and some grounding and some checks and balances. And so that makes a lot of sense. People who are able to cope with their anxiety or cope with their depression without talking to somebody once a week. And they're like, I'm okay. I'm not feeling suicidal right now. I'm not feeling like I'm going to hurt somebody else. Uh, mm-hmm. I am okay with surviving the abuse that I've been through. They might be able to go once every two weeks. Okay. Right? And that's okay. None of us are Glenda the Good Witch. None of us right. can wave a magic wand and just make you okay. Right. Which you could. <laughs> it would be lovely. It would yeah, be so be lovely. Nice. <laughs> but we, we don't have that power. But you, I think every person has a capacity for self-healing. Totally. Every and it probably, has it. I agree. And it probably also depends on the other things you're doing. Like I do 12-step work too. And so... Uh, you know, in, including therapy and my 12 step work, it's like they both work for each other and I can go to meetings, however many they're free. So, you know, I can go to meetings mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and, but then like to amp things up and, and personally do some serious individual work. Sometimes I need to talk to my therapist. So mm-hmm. anyway, I think it's all different for each program, but I do love that people, have the information of like, it's just not going to happen overnight and don't give up on it. Like keep fighting the good fight and like knowing that it's just a process and just keep going. Um, Since you do so much couples work, something that's really interesting to me is when do you do couples work and when do you do individual work and what 
parameters should we put around that to even know where to start? So typically, your couples therapist is not your individual therapist. Right. Right? Um, I have had, and because I'm trained this way, so I can see couples. And so sometimes I have my couples alternate or mm-hmm. throuples or quads or whatever they are. So... Sometimes I'll see one person one time, another person another time, and then they'll meet together that third time. And we'll alternate like that because sometimes it might feel like one person is the center of therapy because they just have that much more going on and it's doing that much more of an impact to their relationship. So that's typically fine. What you don't want is I've met with this person six, seven times and now their partner is coming in to do couples therapy. Because you're already biased. You're already biased to the person that you've built a rapport with. And it's really hard to be a stranger coming into that system saying, well, you've already been friendly, friendly with them. Or Dr. Lex prescribed homework that I didn't like. Mm -hmm. And now I'm mad at her because she made us take sex off the table for two weeks. Right. And I'm coming in to tell her a piece of my mind versus trying to bond and build rapport. That doesn't really work. So we look at the individual issues and then we look at the couple's issues, but how those issues are actually impacting the relationship. Because my job as a couple's therapist is to take care of the relationship between two people. I don't take care of each person individually. Mm -hmm. I say, this is harmful to the bond between you. Mm. This is how you're harming the bond and this is how you're harming the bond. How do we not harm the bond? Because the bond is actually my client. So do you, when people are in couples therapy, how important is it that they're working their own individual therapy or program or whatever it is too? Um, So on a scale of one to 10, depending on the severity, right? Okay. Let's say you have personal trauma that is really impacting your relationship. You need to go work on that. Mm -hmm. Right? If we have things that we learned in our family of origin that are impacting our relationships, we can work on that together as a unit. So I would say it's the level, again, one to 10, I would say usually like a four to a six for individuals, right? So you can take it or leave it because oftentimes you're going to get spiels of what you need. But if you're noticing like, ooh, this is really impacting me and impacting us, Mm -hmm. then that's when you need to go ahead and take it to individuals. And sometimes we can work in tandem. Like we sign a release form, I can talk to your individual therapist they can talk to me. You can tell me what boundaries. You were like, I don't want to talk about this. I'm like, okay. And then we can get more information and we can work together as a team. Like, hey, mm-hmm. we're working on this goal over here. Oh, well, that is very antithetical to the goal we're working on. How yeah. do we revamp? Like, ah, so everybody's on the same page. So it's great to have open communication between professionals so you can have a care team. Yeah. What do you... I love all of that. And I think this is so educational for people. Just, I think it's like we have this thing of fear, especially when we don't know what to expect. So I kind of, that's what I wanted to do here is give some people some expectations around what therapy can look like, what it can do. And so I want to end with asking you, what is the greatest reward that you see in your clients walking away from therapy? Like what the benefits of therapy in their life that gives you the most pleasure? Oh, that's, um, uh, (laughs) big question. Um, I would say the increased capacity to build intimacy with others. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So people who didn't trust people before who had been significantly harmed, Mm -hmm. um, 
couples who experienced what we call like either trauma bonds or attachment injuries. Yeah. Um, years, a year later, I'll see that they're still married and they're sending me a, a baby announcement. Or um, I recently, for one couple, I just got a picture of their baby. It was mm. so exciting. Uh, or I get a marriage announcement or an invitation to an engagement uh, because they've decided after, you know, our work of a year and some months together where they were on the brink of breaking up that they want to be together forever. Mm. Uh, I got an email, no, an Instagram message from somebody I saw 10 years ago who were like, I still think of the words you say and it has made my relationship better. So I'm just, I am honored that I, one, my voice gets a little bit internalized in my clients' heads. Yeah. But then two, that they're able to navigate this world and seize the joy that comes with being able to share vulnerability with others. I think that is like the number one joy that I get from this work. I love that. Dr. Lex, thank you for being here. This was exactly what I wanted to bring to people. So I so appreciate you doing that. And I hope that our listeners do too. Tell people where they can find you. So you can find me at Lex, L-E-X-X, sex, S-E-X, doc, as in doctor, D-O-C, dot com. And then I'm Lex, sex, doc, across all social media forums. So there's an Instagram, a Twitter, a TikTok, and Facebook. So you've got it all. So you guys go check out Dr. Lex. You do offer workshops and other educational resources as well. So it's not just therapy. So if you guys do identify with any of the specific things that Dr. Lex says she's works on, check out her website, check out her socials. I do think they can bring you some more educational information. Yep. Yep. Thank you so much again. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson, where we believe everyone has a little velvet and a little edge. Subscribe for more conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. Search Velvet's Edge wherever you get your podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.